As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Soap fans and true believers. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving and Christmas will be here soon enough and Hanukkah is in full swing. So I have a gift for you guys. Actress Carrie Gonzalez, who is most notably, at least for us soap fans, Sky Chandler on All My Children. We chat soaps and Supernatural, which just ended its historic 15-season run on The CW. Plus, this Thursday, December 17th, that's tomorrow for most of you, the cast and creators of Forever and a Day, the first audio soap opera, will be on The Locker Room with Alan Locker, live at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. This includes yours truly, Caitlin Harper, Quinn Van Antwerp, who plays my brother Colin, Christina Sullivan, Stephanie, of course, plus creators Casey Hutchinson and Candace Mack, who also plays Danielle, and the JLJ in JLJ Media himself, James Lott Jr. We talk the upcoming Christmas special of the show out this Friday, December 18th, and more. So enjoy my interview with Carrie, and I'll see you all tomorrow. listening to believe in soap operas and it's been a while since i've had uh, a guest that's like a guest guest not just my friends talking soaps but i have the lovely carrie Gonzel on thank you for joining me carrie hi thanks for having me oh and there's daphne my mm-hmm. dog <laughs> yes we were just talking about daphne and how she might make an appearance so uh yeah right on cue <laughs> she wanted to introduce herself as well. It was rude of me not to say that. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got it. We've got to include everyone. Um, so Daphne, did you name her after Scooby-Doo? You know what? I would love to say yes. Um, <laughs> but she actually had that name. The breeder gave her that name. And But there is a connection because uh, my husband had a dog named Scooby. And, um, and so when I saw that her name was Daphne, I thought that was just perfect and it just suited her and she's a doodle. So I thought, you know, Daphne doodle, that's cute. So we kept, we stayed with Daphne. (laughs) 
Yeah, and um, I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan, as we all are in this family. That's why it's funny. We've never named our dogs after the show, but um, we did start the Bark Box, though, for the dog. I don't know if you do that. It's actually pretty fun. He loves getting it, Loki, the husky we have now. And we started out with the Scooby-Doo box, and it was just so cute. We just kept getting them. That's adorable. I've heard of BarkBox. We haven't been doing it, but I didn't know they had, do they have like themes? Yeah. So each month is actually its own theme. And when like the Scooby-Doo Warner movie came out, like over the summer, they did a Scooby-Doo special box and that's how we started. And you just sign up for a membership and just like, you know, as you know, human adults, we get our booze box each month. There are, right. uh, what is it? Fab Fit Fun. It's just a subscription right. box for dogs. And it's so cute. He loves to get his little toys. It usually comes with two toys and then treats galore. But yeah, it's adorable. I do a little unboxing with him on Instagram or try oh to. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to look that up. That's adorable. Yeah. I've, I've definitely seen people talking about that on social media, but I haven't, we haven't done that yet. She gets so much stuff. It's like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. She's quite, she gets quite the, uh, the, the gifts already from, from grandparents and <laughs> friends, <laughs> but you know, there's always room for more, right? It's always fun to spoil the dog because they really appreciate it. I know, like, I'm certainly not as jealous as my brother is about how much my mom loves Loki more than us, like he thinks. But it's like, no, he's sweeter than us. Like, (laughs) he's like, he just wants to please and she just gives him treats and toys and all sorts of stuff. Yes, definitely. Daphne's definitely a little character and, and um, yeah, her face lights up. She gets so excited. I recently got her this big um, sloth stuff. Oh, sloth. that's so cute. <laughs> and um, she, um, you know, my, my husband, Michael had come down with her. I had told her was in the car and, and I opened the door being in the passenger seat and her whole face lit up and she onto the foot and she was like trying to yank it out of the car <laughs> and you know it just makes my heart well because she gets so excited and she feels she can tell they feel special and love um it just it, i don't know it just you know it lights up your heart <laughs> oh yeah and i love when they have the toys too big for them especially because i've always had like big snow dogs like before loki i right. had zephyr she was a husky akita mix very big very muscular very assuming for my little pretty princess but i remember leaving her at the vet in santa monica for the first time in a while we've been separated but i had to leave her to go visit you know my family in texas i think and I brought her big monkey and they laughed at me. They're like, you didn't bring this big monkey for the dog so she doesn't miss you? I'm like, yeah, it's her favorite toy. Oh, I don't know how you get an oversized toy for a husky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like that's a person. <laughs> oh, they, uh, Loki, he'll destroy anything. He had a big bear for a while, but he, he destroys everything in five minutes because he's a little younger. Once I got her the big monkey, she was a little older so probably like a senior but it was pretty adorable she didn't try to ruin that <laughs> oh my gosh yeah she uh she's had a few things just over time overall she's pretty good but she can be a little destructive when she wants to be luckily just with her own things <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. I could talk about dogs all day, but since we've already mentioned the Scooby-Doo connection, uh, before, you know, after, of course, All My Children and Bold and Days, like, you've been on so many soaps I was looking at, because I certainly remember All My Children as I watched the ABC ones growing up, but you've also been in two different episodes of Supernatural. I have, yes. Yes, not the Scooby-Doo episode. Yes, but- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that one, but um, which is interesting in itself that they did that. But after, and, and that was the 13th season. After 13 seasons, you got to do a cartoon crossover, right? <laughs> well, it seems like, yeah. I mean, when they announced they were doing it, I thought, well, why? what took them so long? That just seems like a natural crossover. <laughs> Yeah, a supernatural crossover. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. You know, that show, um, and it's just ended, but, um, you know, I am from Vancouver, and that's where the entire series was shot, and so pretty much everyone I know in Vancouver, with the exception of my parents, has been on the show, and (laughs) (laughs) my brother actually watched the show for many years in the visual effects department, so... um, have to animate um Sam and Dean they actually did that somewhere else but he uh he was he was on the show for many many and 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 then I had done a couple of episodes as well one that is um not typically a favorite and then one that is a fan favorite so I feel like I bookended it nicely Yeah, obviously the one you're mentioning not being a fan favorite is from season one, Bugs. And it is constantly touted as one of the worst episodes. But let's be fair, guys, it's due to nothing on the actors, as most of the actors in Bugs were in other episodes. Like you say, everyone from Vancouver has been in there multiple times because I recognize Tyler Johnston from Letterkenny and he was in several episodes, much like you, where it's like, yeah. Like, it's... They were trying to figure it out. I mean, if you've ever watched any of the shows, like Supernatural started on the WB and then became the CW, but, you know, Buffy or Angel or or Smallville, guys, not every one of those episodes was gold. (laughs) Yeah. You know? You know, I think it's it's really interesting. I actually love the first season in that it dealt a lot with urban legends, which I always fascinating and um you know when we shot that episode it hadn't maybe a few had aired I mean it it was really brand new and I remember when I talked to um Jared and Jensen you know they're like we're not really sure if this is gonna fly because there was nothing on that time really WB that was really dark you know yeah and even the way they shot back then was very dark it was a it looks very different than you know, the newer episodes, um, you know, and for me, it was just, it was fun to be a part of a show that was something I would watch, you know, I was, yeah. like, I, I lean towards the darker fair, and, um, and then I had the extra challenge of working with live stars, which was not um, something that <laughs> I enjoyed, but felt very proud of overcoming my fear of, <laughs> Um, and I got to work with the incredible director, Kim Manners, who was 
you know, very well known for, for X-Files. For yeah. X-Files, also shot in right. Vancouver. Yeah. And that was Another, what I was going to say is Kim Manners is like this great director. So overall, I mean, fun experience, even if fans aren't always crazy about it. Yeah. Right. Right. There's a few that do, do enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> for the most part, I I did feel like I got, I was grateful to have a second chance in another episode, but both characters named Linda, which was weird. <laughs> yeah. Both characters had a B for a last name. I had Linda Bloom in, um, in Bugs and, um, and Linda Berman in Just My Imagination. So I don't know what that was all very weird too. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because Just My Imagination was directed by, um, what do we call him? Gabriel Loki. He's had many names on the show, but Richard yeah. State Jr., um, yeah. So yeah, you've gotten to work with some great directors, and and to me, I, I, Bugs is one of those. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but I'd take a bad supernatural quote unquote episode any day over a lot of stuff I don't enjoy. And like you, I really did enjoy the beginning of the show, even though it was a little darker take. I do like that they lent more into the comedy and the levity of the situation because it is a dark subject. But what was fun about it is I grew up loving urban legends. I would wait for my dad to tell me those stories when we would go visit him. And yeah, yeah, I mean, starting out with the Lady of the Lake, was there like a particular urban legend you really loved growing up in Canada? Because I assume that they're different than growing up in the South like I did. That's really interesting. Uh, Well, we did have, see, we have the, um, oh my gosh, instead of the uh, Loch Ness Monster, which I sci-fi movie on that um (laughs) (laughs) um in canada we have ogo which is the same thing (laughs) so there was the ogo pogo right um and i'm trying to think of other things you know you know back you know growing up we didn't have the internet so we didn't it was just it was even more mysterious because it was stories that people would tell and you would find a book library and it seemed even more mysterious. Now you can go online and like debunk everything. <laughs> debunk it. it yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not as fun. I've found some really cool uh, threads of people like talking about experiences they've had in the woods and like different things um, <laughs> online. So there's, there's a lot more material to draw from, but sometimes you're like, oh yeah. Oh, well that makes sense. That's probably just that. <laughs> kind of ruins it but um you know I I I loved all of them I just found it very interesting especially stuff in the woods because growing up in Canada um even though I grew up you know in the suburbs of Vancouver but um around (laughs) (laughs) um yeah what you see in Supernatural is a lot of woods around Vancouver (laughs) yeah I mean and and X-Files there's a reason you know, I know like with X-Files, when they moved it to LA, it just wasn't the it, same. No, you know, I agree. The same. Yeah. It just didn't have the same kind of spooky kind of feel to it. Um, you know, Vancouver has a very specific look, different and a specific light in, 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 I can pick out when I'm watching things. Um, and I think it adds a lot. I mean, definitely the Supernatural and X-Files, it, it, X-Files in particular, it really was kind of a character show um and so i found for me as a viewer when it moved it just felt weird <laughs> it was mm-hmm. very obvious that uh you know it, it was not right <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and since you've admitted to being an X-Files fan, and this was one of the first, like, things I did on the internet was when the X-Files came back was, like, um, I was with AfterBuzz TV and did the X-Files after show. Growing up as a big fangirl, as in I had David Duchovny on my wall when all the normal little girls had Nick Carter. Oh, my gosh. So I was very disheartened by that first go round back. What did you think? Did it did it really like? I mean, uh, overall, I was happy to have it and sucking it up as an adult. But but there were parts of it that you're like, that's that's not okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think too. I really tried to go into it without any expectations. And, <laughs> that always helps. And just <laughs> right and just enjoy that it was on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I kind of felt the same way about Twin Peaks when it came oh, back. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to have any expectations, although I sort of did. Um, but I just that was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just enjoy these characters um, and see where they are, like, with the time, the passage of time. Like, yeah. what are they doing now, you know? Um, but, yeah, there were things that really kind of took me out of it. But um, I Enjoy. I did enjoy. It was fun. It was it was kind of fun to watch, but it wasn't the same. It was definitely definitely different. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed Joel McHale as Tad O'Malley, and I love yeah. um, seeing people like Glenn Morgan and his brother return and get to talk to like them about. I mean, overall. Because uh, I've really matured, hopefully, as a fan, because that's one thing I really want to talk to you about is, like, fandom and, and how right. dealing with that and, and how especially sometimes, because you yourself said you're a fan of the X-Files and Twin Peaks. So we're all fans, even if we are in the industry as well. And it is sort of that different perspective, the further and further you go, that you realize how much really goes into it. And also, uh, the sad part is, it, it's not about you. Even if you feel like you're the biggest fan in the world, sometimes things have to happen in a way because that's how the artist wants to tell them, even if that artist is Chris Carter and you're really mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can never please no. everybody. You you learn that early on as an actor that no matter what you do, people are going to like it and people are not going to like it. And uh it always seems like the the negative the loudest <laughs> but you just got to take it as it comes and as an actor too it's like i say i didn't write it i didn't direct it i didn't edit it <laughs> you know i'm at the mercy too because sometimes you know we um will you'll shoot something and then they'll they'll edit it completely in a you know completely yeah. different and it comes out different or they use a take that you as a performer didn't really like but for some reason they liked it and you go oh I didn't ooh, that's not the one I would have chosen <laughs> <laughs> um and then you know sometimes there's surprises too where they let you you know play a little and improv and have some fun but it's 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 interesting it's it's happened a few times where I've gotten to be on a you know to work on a show that I happen to watch or work with an actor who I really uh, admire or have been a fan of in a particular role. Um, but at the end of the day, it's work. Yeah. To do a job. And it, when you're on a show that you watch, it's, it's a little strange sometimes because it takes the mystery away. You yeah. Know? a bit of the magic when you're there and you're like, Oh, that looks really bad in person. <laughs> really fake (laughs) or you know what have you um 
I have to say on Supernatural, it really, both times I was on the show, it, it was like, could not have been more fun, even when they dumped 180 tarantulas on me. Um, <laughs> it really, it really was a fun place to work. And it was so great to go back 10 years later and get to talk. Uh, there were, there were crew that were still there um, from that first season and just to catch up with Jared and Jensen, who, you know, at, when, when I worked with them the first time were these two single guys doing this new <laughs> show in Vancouver. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, oh my God, you're married, you have kids. Like what? Like, holy smokes. Um, so it's just kind of cool to see that their change, their growth in their life, but they're still the two same guys. You know? And, um, you know, so, so gracious and, and very welcoming always to everyone coming on the show um, and that was, that was such a treat as well. And, and, and it's tough, you know, Supernatural is one of those shows. You can't tell anyone you're shooting it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like this big secret. And so like, I had sort of left some cryptic or not so cryptic. Like I, I had, um, like kind of posts on Instagram. I'm like <laughs> working this week and in my trailer is, um, a moose, um, kind of hook for like a <laughs> So I was, I had taken a pic and I'd sort of like, oh, we'll shooting Canada. Like, I, it was funny because people didn't clue in, which was weird to me because I'm like, really? Really? Like, like the moose and everything? The moose? Like, because like, you know, they're like, yeah. well, she's, she's in Canada. So, okay, maybe that's the moose. But it was, so, and, it, and because I, you know, I didn't even know the extent of what I was doing in that episode because Supernatural was a show and like many um, that they either they they have a scene that has nothing to do with that episode or they black out a lot of stuff it feels like the x-files because you get these signs yeah. and it's like redacted <laughs> like you're like what's <laughs> happening in this scene and so for me for for just my imagination they had blacked out all the stuff about sparkle and the manacle yeah um, and so I didn't really understand because the stage direction was still there of her touching her face. And I'm like, I'm not really sure why she's doing that and why they thought they should write that in. But <laughs> I was like, okay. um, so I didn't really know the extent of it until I booked the role. And then you get the script and I went, no way. <laughs> yeah, their reactions. like, and, and that's what's so fun about that episode. And to me, that's what Supernatural became. And so it's so great that you got to be a part of how it it started and then again 10 years later almost is that it was like yeah this is what the show became and and that just my imagination episode is so beloved because it's so odd but it 100 percent fits with what the show is right right yeah it you know i think um you know it, it it really that episode in particular, um, it was written by Jenny Klein. She did such a beautiful job with that episode because, and I say this all the time because it's true. It's like, and it airs quite often. If I come across it, um, it, uh, it always makes me laugh. And then it always makes me cry. You know, it really does. It's very touching in so many ways with Sam yeah. and, and Sully. And, you know, it's just, it, it really kind of, that episode really kind of embodies um, supernatural, I think, in in terms of um, an overall kind of episode of what, where you go. Although it wasn't super dark. Well, yeah, there was a little yeah. dark. There was murder. Yeah. <laughs> there were, like, 
murder, <laughs> which was, which was really like kind of sad to shoot because, um, you know, there was sparkle and there was blood. It looked like a murder scene. <laughs> it was like really yeah. bad. The worst for me was that his horn was broken off. <laughs> <laughs> just mean like and, like and just like jensen's faces are really what makes supernatural i know i'm the biggest misha collins fan i love castiel and, and you know i've come to really love sammy too and yeah. um everyone is so great in that show but to me it's dean's faces that really sell everything and, well and, i mean yeah, I was going to say, right out of the gate, uh, with the um, this scene where they come to the house for the first time, um, Daphne's really having a good oh, yeah. I'm out there by herself. Um, you know, the scene where he's, you know, says manicorn, right? Yeah. It's just, right, trying to keep a straight face with those two. And they're, you know, they also always have these running inside jokes and stuff. So there's like anything could set anybody off at any time. Right. And I'm trying to keep it straight, but uh, his face is hilarious. And then, you know, Nate Torrance who played Sully. I mean, yes, he's so good. I couldn't even like, you know, Linda doesn't see Sully. So try not looking at Nate. Not to acknowledge that. Yeah. (laughs) Ridiculous outfit. Right. And he's, so funny um it was so difficult not to look at him in the scene or even just <laughs> notice, notice him in his rainbow you know suspenders and, yeah. and the pants that were like a half a second away from bursting it was like oh gosh here go the pants um his it was just hilarious and he was just such a wonderful uh, wonderful actor to work with and someone whose work i've admired over the years so it was really fun to get to work with him um, I'm actually going to see Nate next July, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. For, um, yeah, it, for um, Creations um, Convention in Washington, D.C. They're um, bringing us together to do a, a fan event of just my imagination. It's a free screening, and Nate and I are going to be there, and I'm really excited for that. And I'm excited to see Nate again because I haven't seen him at all since we've um, we shot that episode, and he's not on social media, so we haven't really had. We've never talked about how that 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 episode just exploded. You know, um, going back to fandom. You know, when I did Bugs in the first season. Um, that was 2005. There wasn't yeah. social media really back then at all. You know, I guess well, we had MySpace, I guess, back then. Yeah, I, I, there was MySpace, but yeah, MySpace, that was about it. But yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the same. And so going into just my imagination, I don't know why. I just, it never occurred to me that like my world was going to explode when that episode aired. And I was excited for everyone to see it. And I thought that people would love it because it just was a really special episode. And then like when it aired, um, I was in Vancouver. So it aired on the East coast first. All of a sudden my phone just went nuts, like (laughs) notifications. And then like, and I was like, what's going on? And I'm like looking at my phone and I was like, Oh my gosh. So by the time it aired, you know, across the country, I couldn't even keep up with the post. Like I tried to like, thank you so much. Like trying to get back to everybody. And then I was like, I can't even keep up with it. Like it's so crazy. And then it would air in other countries and then it would start again. But I had no idea just the sort of, I always say this, like the tsunami of love that was going to come my way um, 
from that episode and it still continues today. Um, it's just really wonderful. It, it's, it's, it's incredible. So, um, you know, I said, Nate, I don't think fully understands like what he's going to get into because he's not on social media and he's such a loved character. Um, I'm really surprised they didn't bring him back. Um, yeah, me too. Like, I, and I think yeah. that the idea was to have a lot more people back for that. It's certainly for, uh, if you watch the finale, I haven't yet. No, okay. been, we can talk about that, but we've been busy building yeah. a business. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, I won't spoil it. I'll just say that there's a certain scene that even the actors, both Jensen and everyone has talked about that there was the intention of bringing a lot of people back for some of right. these scenes, but because of COVID that was just not possible. They couldn't ask people to quarantine. They could, and, and right. it's, yeah, and so it is an, an unfortunate side effect, but I did see someone posted, like, a cameo with him. Oh, I saw that! Yeah. And that was so good! It was so funny, and I was like, oh, that's so cute how they did those. I was surprised, like, of some of the people he had and were missing, though, because I'm a big fan of James Patrick Stewart. Right. Um, and like him is Dick. That was probably my favorite villain out of all of the seasons. And it's funny because you played Sky Chandler on All My yeah. Children, but not when um, he was Will and no. I was together. But yeah, I'm like, that's just always such a fun connection because now he's back on General Hospital. And yeah, like All My Children, though, I grew up watching. And, and speaking of just sort of wondering how like actors obviously never know when you go into something how it's going to be how great that just my imagination episode became but you stepped into the role of sky and worked with david canary of all people how was that yeah that was incredible you know i um i you know i didn't hadn't watched all my children prior to auditioning for the show um growing up my mom was a big fan of days of our lives and another world and um, she didn't, she that one for whatever reason, but she certainly started when I yeah. got on the show. <laughs> and then she watched it until the very end. She, she became a fan and she was loyal. But um, it was really incredible. It, I, I knew that I had really big shoes to fill coming in there. And um, it was, you know, I was 26, I guess, when I joined the show. And it was, I had done some guest stars and recurring things but that was my first kind of really big big job and I was I booked it out of LA and I had to move you know to New York and I didn't know anyone in New York and so it's like my whole world changed very quickly um and I'd never done anything you know again that's back before you know social media and all and all of that stuff that I had no idea what was coming for me in terms of the, just the fan attention <laughs> especially yeah. with that character I mean again and and the character had been off the show for so many years when I asked people other cast members I was like so what do you remember about Sky they're like um you know like people were like uh, they come up with a couple of things and I, you know, I would ask, you know, people that have worked on the show and it really was going back to fans and how awesome they are. It was the fans that gave me the most information because I had said in an interview that I was having a hard time getting some um, information on Sky and people would write me these long letters about the, her whole history. <laughs> 
And it was yeah, because fans know more than the writers sometimes they because they've been do. watching longer than they've been employed, and that's, that's correct. Yeah, and so there were a number of those letters that I had like po- like pinned in my dressing room just as reference points because <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, okay. That's where I got all the real gems. Um, and you know, working with David, I. He, he was just, he really was, I called him my New York dad. He <laughs> yeah. really was my dad. And he really kind of was, and Kelly Ripa as well. You yeah. know, he really kind of thought of us as his kids. You know? And he would check in on us if we weren't working together um, for a while. His dressing room was right across the hall from mine. So I saw him quite often. But I just remember I being very intimidated, right? Going, oh gosh, this is David Canary. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, you didn't have to watch my children to know David Canary. Canary yeah, you know, uh, there were no ripper. There were a number of people. I'm like, I know these faces, um, but you know, it was just incredible to sit down with him and work and get to work with him twice because he also played Uncle Stewart and, yeah. and of course Adam Chandler, and to see the change, right, of yeah. Adam. And Stuart, and you know, we also did scenes where both of those characters were in the scene, so that was interesting to shoot that with him as well. Um, but uh, and you know, I've always felt very close to Dave. Again, not so much of the Adam Sky Chandler dynamic, but because of the Stuart dynamic, because <laughs> Stuart was really Sky's only friend back then. Yeah. <laughs> And and actually like saw the good in her, and so I you know gravitated towards. Um, he was just really lovely. I had such a great time working with him. Um, he would tell me these great stories, just his career working, you know, working doing the doctors um, yeah. live with Alec Baldwin. He would yeah. tell me a lot of great stories and Bonanza, and uh, it was pretty it was pretty exciting for me to be able to go and work with these, you know, incredible veterans of the industry. I mean, the, the cast of that show was incredible. And because we were in New York, our day players were like Broadway actors. Yes. You know? And we just had these incredible actors that would come in and play, you know, judges and, um, you know, different characters. And it was really, it was a really great, like, training ground for me. And I learned a lot of things working on all my children that I still use today, especially as things started speeding up in terms of shoot you know shooting um tv especially um you know it was that soap opera training that's really helped me to learn my lines quickly to be ready and um you know not freak out when things change on a soap things change really fast <laughs> all the time <laughs> and now i hear that they work faster than we did back then which seems almost impossible <laughs> but oh yeah uh, so like yeah, it's crazy to me because I've been working with Beth Ellers, who was on Guiding Light and on yeah. uh, My Children later after Guiding Light had been canceled. And there was just always this special relationship I had with the New York soaps. Like growing up, I watched All My Children, One Life to Live, and General Hospital and, and the subsequent spinoffs, of course, um, because that's right. what we watched in my house. 
but there was always something about the ones that were New York based that you could tell and being a big fan of Broadway and musicals and all that, just the level of care that was put in and, and the level yeah. of acting that has come out of that. And I, I really hope that we can get back to a place where we have New York soaps, because as much as I love GH and, and all the ones still on and want them to stay, there is an element missing that with that. And like you say, I mean, in talking to Beth, Soaps are even faster now because you get one, maybe two takes. There, there right. are the, there's a rehearsal with General Hospital, but not all of them get that. Yeah. Well, I mean, back then we worked really quickly too, especially if they knew that you could do it. Um, and in, in all my children, they, nobody used cue cards. There was no teleprompter. There was, you were just out there <laughs> yeah. by the seat of your pants. Um, because when I did days, I did days briefly after um, all my children, I was recurring there for a bit. There were some actors that used cue cards. Um, and I was like, wow, what really? You guys are cheating. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it really was, it was a tough schedule, especially because, you know, Sky was in everybody's business all the oh, time. Yeah. So it was very rare that I had time off. Um, there were a few times when I did have a bit of a break, but, you know, it, it was a lot. And, and, you know, also for, for a good chunk of time, when I first came on the show, I was working with Susan Lucci a lot, and um, which She's was the queen. Which was a blast. That whole story. I have her Barbie so looking fun. at me now. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. But, and then she was going away on vacation, so we had to, like, bank these show, these episodes. Oh, my. So one day, you know, because there's no reruns, and there's no, like, you know, you just have to so there was one day I shot like three and a half shows and one day I had four hair, makeup and wardrobe changes. And it was just, I had over pages of dialogue. Yeah. And it was crazy. Back and go, how in the heck did I go get through that? Um, and there's no sick days either. Cause there was like, they will just recast time. you <laughs> for well, that. Day. They make you come in. I mean, yeah. unless you're in the hospital. Yeah. It's different now currently, but, um, you know, I had laryngitis and they made me come in anyway. <laughs> I was like, I don't really have a voice. They're like, that's okay. Come in. And I'm like, I'm going to have to redub this entire episode. And they never did. They just kept it. It made my voice was so raspy. And it was, I was like doing everything I could just to get sound out. And that's just the way it aired. Um, but going back to, to how quickly they work, you know, my very last scene that I got to shoot with David, which was incredibly special to me, and a big moment for the character um, of Sky because it's that moment when she tells Adam that she has to leave town, and he says, don't go, I need you, which is all she's wanted while, like, the, while yeah. I was on the show. And, um, and so it was a very big emotional moment, both for the character and for us personally, because that was the last time we were going to work together well what aired on television was the rehearsal oh wow so we shot the rehearsal and because both of us had our you know our feelings were right you know on the surface um and we had worked so much together that they shot shot our our rehearsal and they were like great moving on and i was like what no like no <laughs> give me please take and they're like it was perfect moving on and I'm like oh and I was kicking myself for not like messing up a line or something <laughs> I was like oh no and that's what aired you know um 
you know, it's so yeah, you do move really quickly. And if they get what they need, they just keep on going because you're and you've got to keep it's a lot of it's a lot of content to pump out every day it really is yeah and I don't think people realize that sometimes as fans or like as non-fans because I know like you know taking acting classes in LA and all these people that that look down on soap operas and I'm like are you kidding these are the hardest working people in this industry. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I take Laura West over Meryl Streep every day, and I love Meryl Streep. Ah! I mean, like, That's so funny. Yeah. You know, when I was when I was in New York and, and uh, on All My Children, I was at um, a charity event for St. Jude's, and it was like a bowling event, which was interesting. So they, yeah. they had, right? They Is had it put, Jerry Verdorn's? Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah they put it up. <laughs> in teams so you didn't know who you were going to be with but it was really because you had you know all the actors not just from daytime but it was Broadway and everybody right um yeah F. Murray Abraham was on my team <laughs> first off I found very entertaining I was like in my bowling team I have F. Murray Abraham and he had said to me he said can I you know forgive me for asking ask what you know what are you on a show are you in a play like I don't know your work and um and I had told him I said well you know I'm on a friend and I, I guess I kind of said it in a way of like you know yeah. <laughs> and I'm on this show, this little show <laughs> like you know you're yeah. at Murray Abraham and he said oh my goodness he said exactly what you said he said I have no idea how you guys do what you do every day and I looked at him and I was like are you kidding me <laughs> like you're F. Marie Abraham. Uh, and he said, I said, you're on, you're in a show right now. And he said, he said, I know, but before that show goes up, we rehearse, we have, you know, we rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. And then, and then the show goes up. He's like, you guys do a new show every day. And he said, I guess that he had come to do like a tour. He brought like a, I think his daughter or somebody um, to the two all my children. Mm-hmm years past because they were a fan and he said I watched how you guys work and thought I have I I I it's I was amazed and I was like holy smokes like that was the biggest compliment to me um and you know there were definitely people that came on the show that just could not keep up with the pace of it and yeah I feel bad for them because it, there really is no like safety net you either you either you know catch it's on sink or, or swim don't. yeah it really really with with that show you just really really had to know your stuff and go or or not and um you know I and I think too you know jumping into the show and working with I worked with all the of the show like I didn't jump in and work with kind of my peers <laughs> it's like worked with you know David Canary and yeah Sanucci, and I worked with all the, the all, literal all the veterans spread. yeah actors that had been there for so long and I didn't want to be the one to mess up and so I was like you know at home just memorizing and memorizing and memorizing because I wanted to you know I didn't want the weakest um and uh you know it just was it was such an incredible you know um honor to work with with those those performers because of their experience and um I learned so much from from all of them um yeah you said still so many things that that I 
I, I've taken away from my time on all my children that I use today. And I know, again, you know, being from Vancouver, also being the home of Supernatural, it's also the home of the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> yes, um, a lot of them so are see, now. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's also, I find very weird and creepy to see um, actors that you've liked from on a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Seriously, something's about to go awry. Like there's going to be some kind of murder during the Christmas dinner or something. Like, um, and I, trust me, I've done a few Hallmarks, but you know, they move very quick too. It is almost like a soap opera. And, um, and I think that's why so many, so many daytime, um, you know, actors in, in those movies because they get it right. And they can yeah. put out, you know, that performance in a, in a fast pace. But I know that I've worked with people on Hallmark Productions that are not used to that pace in their eye. How many pages are we doing today? <laughs> you know, and they're kind of freaking out. And I was like, thank God for ABC <laughs> daytime because it doesn't bother me. I'm like, okay, yeah, we got it. We got it. We're going to do it. We're well, done. Um, yeah, you know, it's... It's so Go funny ahead. to me to listen to like actors talk about their time, especially on all my children. Cause I, I, you know, was the right age to be in love with Leo Dupre. So oh, Josh Demel, um, and then my favorite character was Greenlee. So, um, yes, like it, to hear him talk about that and how he referred to it as being like boot camp. You're just thrown yeah. into it. And, and it is sink or swim uh, and, and that you learn so much. And it's so great to see people take this on at, like he did and like Michael B. Jordan and Ben Ritrock have done as well yeah. and, and see them transition. But I, I do appreciate the fact that they, as well as Nathan Fillion, who was on One Life to Live, to discuss yeah. how hard it is. And it's nice to see that because, as we say, the hallmark, that's why those people are so good at taking that pace. But again, it can be very dismissive of certain, you know, fandoms. But at the same time, it's like, I'm sorry, I've been watching Hallmark movies since Thanksgiving uh, with my mom. We're enjoying these Christmas films. And guess what? Most people enjoy these films. Often, sometimes yeah. the same films over and over, just like the yeah. soaps you would enjoy every day. And there right. is a comfort level. And, and, and to me, like coming from both perspectives on the, you know, work side as well as the fan side, I love that. And, and, and knowing all the hard work and how fast it is makes it that much better. Right. Right. Yeah. It's incredible how quickly they shoot those Hallmark movies. It, yeah. It's, um, it is pretty incredible because, you know, with a, with a daytime drama, you're in the studio 99.9% .9 of the time. All my children, I never went out of the studio. Um, and I know some of the shows kind of venture out every once in a while. Uh, J.H. Um, does a parking lot bit, but... <laughs> But, uh, you know, you're in the studio, so you're, everything's contained and you're just rolling the cameras from set to set to set. But, you know, with the Hallmark movie, you're on location all the time. So you're having to break things down, set them up, change. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's really quite a person and they've got it down to a science over there. Um, and I do, I mean, there are people, even the ones that I've been in in the past, they're like, please post when they're on. I'd like to watch them again. And uh, people really do enjoy watching them over and over again. And, and you know, it's, it is exciting for me to know that there was, I think Jacob Young was just in one. Because yeah. People were like, I just, so-and-so, you know, um, uh, which, which brings me to another, which brings me to another uh, fun uh, fandom element with daytime. This is the only yeah. 
uh, experience with, 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 with daytime is that people call you by your character name <laughs> and address you by your character <laughs> name. And, you know, it, there were funny, a couple of like really funny incidents and kind of like shocking too at times. Um, I've had, I had um, the NYP stop me <laughs> <laughs> when I was in New York, I was walking home and all of a sudden there was cruiser behind me with the lights on and I'm like oh my gosh what did I do I just went to the supermarket and they're like the you know the NYPD pulls up and they're like sky <laughs> I can't believe what you did this week I was like oh my gosh you gave me like a heart attack and uh but it was it was very strange even when people would you know back then they'd write letters they would almost all address you by your character um it was very very strange. And then, you know, my, uh, you know, I played her, she was blackmailed by Dimitri and then um, had to leave town and the writers had her moved to California, which was a nightmare. I moved back to LA after I was finished with the show. And so I became like the where's though of daytime TV. Like <laughs> if people saw me, they were like, Oh my God, it's Sky, I found her. <laughs> like, <laughs> scare the heck out of me because I would just be going about my day <laughs> and all of a sudden there would be this fan like running down the street towards me screaming going oh my god oh my god <laughs> um, I was at the Beverly Center in LA one day walking out of Macy's and this woman started running towards me going oh my god oh my god oh my god she out of breath <laughs> and she goes you have to go back you have to go back you have to go back and I was like I literally thought I stole something from Macy's. Like, I was like, did I pick something up and not put it down? Like, go back where? What did I do? Right? She's like, you have to go back. Your father had a heart attack. And I was like, what? Like, I'm looking at her. Like, how do you know, how do you know me? Like, I was like, she's like, you have to go back. He was asking about you today. And then I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> she's talking about the show. <laughs> um, I was like, ma'am, uh, my name is Carrie. Uh, I am an actor. I did play Sky Chandler on All My Children. You just scared the living heck out of me. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that Adam had a heart attack on the show. <laughs> um, anyway, so very, very fun in terms of the daytime fans. They're, they're, they're a unique breed onto their own and lovely. And I, it's incredible that all of this time has gone by and so many of them still um, follow me on social media and, and chat with me and, and so forth. And I think that, I know you kind of touched on this. I think that one of the one of the reasons why daytime has been so special for so many people for so long is that you do have that sense of family um, with those shows and those characters, and that you grow up with them. Um, oh yeah, I was bawling like a baby today over General Hospital, and I know that uh, you know. Spoiler alert: If you watch the show, like Lulu is not dead. She's not. I mean, it's a coma. They will likely recast. Like I understand this all on an intellectual level, but <laughs> as every everyone is saying their goodbyes as she goes into long term care, I am just bawling, and, and right. it's because. Again, like, I, I, it's funny, Lulu's older than me, but I remember when she was born. Right. <laughs> As soap opera, uh, rapid aging syndrome, I think they call yes. it, happens. Yes. 
but it's one of those things that you, it is like family and and this is you know a loss like the actress is uh, is gone there will be someone else probably come back if unless you know for whatever reason and you're still just like but it hurts it's like a member of my right. family it, yeah for yeah. sure it, it does i think that's what is really fun about um about daytime is that you know, you really do. And you go, you know, you celebrate Thanksgiving along with, you know, the show and Christmas and all the holidays. And you're like, you yeah. know, it's just always, it's just always there. I, although it wasn't for a while with COVID, which was really strange. Although days, <laughs> I give days of our lives and now they're back to a different sort of uh, taping schedule, uh, more right. like the others, but they were eight months ahead, which really saved yeah. them. They didn't run out of episodes, but yeah, it was crazy to me to try and keep up. I love that what each show did to try and uh, save off, like, and keep fans interested. Some did really, yeah. you know, old classics and theme weeks. And then, yeah. you know, they would show, like, specific things. I really wish General Hospital would show the whole Metro Court hostage situation because that was so good. But they right. picked and choose and, and showed some. And meanwhile, like the CBS soaps were really digging into their vault. So it was yeah. nice to keep fans engaged. But yeah, I'm just so happy that they all decided to come back and do safe uh, filming because I really would have missed uh, <laughs> my shows. And this is how I became a fan of Days of Our Lives because growing up, I mean, I, there were so many ABC soaps. I didn't watch the others. I had come into yeah. Y&R once the other a- two ABC ones had been canceled and everybody kind of went over to there but days was a a thing i just picked up in covid it's funny i watched days uh and came in as a new viewer and then with supernatural my mom had never seen all of them so we went through and we watched every episode and we wound up getting you know caught up before the finale and and so therefore she could cry with me (laughs) yeah that's awesome i know i've got to jump maybe i'll jump into that tonight um that's awesome i know well that's the thing now that's great too about netflix right you can jump in and and watch and watch your favorite episodes or, yeah. or start beginning um yeah it that is interesting i know my mom see, since all my children had gone off the air she she went over to, and started watching the young and the restless and yeah. so she was enjoying the classic episode she got she would like send me screen caps and be like look at the hair <laughs> i was like oh that's hilarious but, um, you know, and, and I think, too, it, it, it was, you know, to go back into the vaults, you got to see some of those characters that you loved that, um, the, you know, the characters are no longer on the show or maybe, you know, in some cases, like the actors have passed on or, or so yeah. forth. So it's kind of nice to kind of revisit them and, and their performances and that character. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I, 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 I haven't been back to work since covid and uh although i have friends that have that have and and it's you know it's a little bit of a different situation now with everyone's health and safety but um it's you know especially for daytime that moves so quickly i'm sure that there's and i know some of them have shut down for a couple of weeks and gone back and um yeah know, general so- hospitals had no shutdowns like and what's funny is they're not doing the social distancing like the cbs soaps but oh interesting uh, gh and days have had the best track record even with not and that's why sometimes okay. i encourage people to just look at the model they're testing uh several times a week but yeah they're you know getting it done and yes yeah. they're not 
um, days, some of the actors opted to kiss, but in GH, right. they're keeping, they're doing everything but that, which is great. Right. And there's a lot right. of handholding and suggestiveness right. that, <laughs> that really works. And, and to me, sometimes it's like, that's why, I, I, again, as a GH fan, I love Franco and Elizabeth as a couple and, and how it makes sense for them to hold hands and be normal. And uh, right. while some other people, it's nice to just have the suggestiveness. Right, right, right. Right. And it's interesting because daytime, um, I mean, when I was on it, and, and certainly through the eighties, I remember when my mom watched a lot of those shows, it was very steamy, you know, and, yeah, and so it's very interesting now that they have to focus on a different kind of storytelling. Um, and, you know, instead of that, but I'm sure, you know, they'll still work in some abs and some, <laughs> some steaminess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your primary viewers are going to be mostly interested in men. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, it's nice to have the shirtless guys. Uh, right. <laughs> For no reason, too. Yeah. Like, like gratuitous. I, <laughs> I remember when um, when I was on and they brought Michael Lowry on as, as Jake, and uh, I think he was changing a tire or something. And he, like, comes out from under the truck and, of course, like, no shirt on. I'm like, Who's just taking their shirt off to like change a tire or whatever he was doing? It was just so funny to me. But, you know, it's daytime and that's, you know, the fans always enjoy it. And, you know, no one was complaining that he was changing a tire without a shirt. So like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's so funny to me. Sometimes I'm like, guys, I watch soaps and Supernatural. Do you do you really think that uh, I'm not like somewhat shallow? That the, the like the <laughs> stories are great. Don't get me wrong, but like the number one reason we all watch is for the hot guys. Like, oh, Supernatural is just two hot guys traveling around in a cool car battling like supernatural things. Yeah. Like, they didn't even have to come up with that great a concept. Now, it is a great show. We are blessed. But, yeah. No, that's why we watch. Like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I kind of, um, I, I got that sense. So, and you certainly get that sense when, if you've been to a convention. <laughs> and the boys are there. It's like, holy smoke, stand back. <laughs> Yeah, and that that was one of the more interesting aspects of fandom, because I did always wonder why they would often kill off the women of the show, even before getting, like, especially with Dean, because I was a big fan of Bella and Joe, and I'm like, oh my god, they didn't even get to get with Dean? Like, what is this? And apparently there was a large vocal female fan base who didn't want that, and I'm like, ladies, 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 hold on. No, if we let them get with the women, they will take their shirts off. Right. Like, they have the wrong idea here. <laughs> right. Even more, so, right? Yeah. Even more than we're getting it now. That's fine. You're not thinking this through. Yeah. <laughs> I know we all want Dassiel, but like they kind of have to play both sides. Like I get right, one with Dassiel, but. <laughs> that's funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're not really thinking that whole thing through, but. Uh, that's so funny. Yeah, you know, it's it's um, it's definitely. I've I've been really blessed to work and in, in on some interesting shows, and uh, <laughs> and and it's introduced me to some interesting fandoms. You know, it's very. I really, really, you know, coming out of uh, daytime, I was like, there's no other fandom I think like daytime, and then I got introduced you know, to the Epstein family, yeah. and I was like, 
between folks. Although I've heard Star Trek's pretty out there too. <laughs> like, so that I've yet to do. But um, it's it was like, wow, I wasn't quite prepared for that. That was a whole other level of fandom. Uh, but you know, it's there's I've met some really incredible, incredible people out of the supernatural fandom and um, and made some great friends. And it's it's nice to uh, to be a part of that. And and I look forward to when we all can gather again. And hopefully that will be next July. But we'll see uh, because it'll be really nice to to kind of catch up with a lot of people again and just um, and be able to celebrate the show. I think that's what's really hard for a lot of people, too, is that it's, you know, the season um, the, or the, the series end and they are not able to kind of gather and celebrate that and cry together and and um, and be together during all of that. So, um Gosh, no one would have predicted that things had gone this way. Although, you know, I said before, I said it couldn't have been uh, more perfect that the uh, last season and the last few episodes were interrupted by a global pandemic <laughs> that nobody saw coming. <laughs> yeah, it's so fitting. And it was funny watching the whole show again during this, how much sort of is strangely predicted in a way, especially the toilet paper thing. The toilet paper! <laughs> Before Chuck is revealed as God, um, right. Rob Benedict does it so well talking about just toilet paper, just get all the toilet paper you can. And you're like, oh my God. And this is like season five like right. 10 years ago. Yeah. It was like, little did we know how, how uh, I still, every time I go into the supermarket, look to see if there's toilet paper, <laughs> whether I need it or not. <laughs> yeah. Because you have to prepare and you and just it, never know if it looks yeah. low, I might need to get a few rolls. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And it's so funny, like, and like you say, it's so fitting. And and I know as fans, sometimes we selfishly wish we could have had everything we wanted that, you know, unfortunately, right. but I'm just glad that we got that when we did and that they were able to finish it and go back. Like, I try to think of it on the, the bright side. And, and two, I, you know, loved being there at 10 a.m. in San Diego in July for the Supernatural panels. And I wasn't yeah. able to, unfortunately, go to the to the last one and of course this year it was put down but i do hope that uh, once we're able to gather that that we really do get to celebrate the show and, and that same thing with the the soaps as most of them you know the the four are still on the air they have right. their own creation entertainment with general hospital now thanks to right. matt cohen there um putting that connection in so yeah it, we do all want to gather but it's nice that we can get on zoom and do that as well both the yeah. the supernatural fandom as well as the soap fandoms have come together to try and keep it and for social media all the all the bad that it can be it can also be a good you know happy place to really relish because that's one thing i've liked um you know, sad fandoms aside with Supernatural ending, but with General Hospital, I'm seeing a lot more positivity these oh, days. Because, like, they, they really are hitting all the right notes. And uh, right. same thing with Days of Our Lives and as well, is that you're seeing people sort of come together. Because for some of us, that's all we've got. You know, you're not able to be with your family. So so it is yeah. nice to have that fandom family. And in social media can be a bad place. I agree. But it can also be a good one to get with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. No, I always say, too, I'm like, you st stick with the good, stick with the positive voices and, uh, 
you know, un, un, unfollow the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's always there's a mute button. Negative voices. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. there's a reason why those buttons exist in social media. And, and some people take it so personally and, um, and, and get really upset about it. And I was like, let it go, like move on, focus on the other people. There's a lot of great people out there who um, you can connect with and go find them, you know? Uh, so that, that's, that's the good thing. You do have control. I say, you know, yeah. they're not forcing you to talk to these people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly it. Cause I know one of the things that I've seen you active on social media about is the charity you've been working with the attitudes in reverse. And yeah. I'm so glad that we both are kind of on that same page. Like we are not victims, no matter what happens to you, it's how you deal with it. That's the ultimate challenge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, um, attitudes in reverse, uh, funny enough, I, I was connected with Trish Baker, who is the founder, her and her husband, Kurt, um, through Supernatural. Um, I actually was introduced to her at a Supernatural convention in Las Vegas a few years ago. And um, I have a blog called State of Slay. And um, one of the women who was working with Attitudes Reverse um, at that convention was a fan of my blog. And I've been very on my blog about my journey with mental health. And um, she said, I think you guys should talk. I think you're gonna have a lot in common. And we of course did, and we hit it off right away. And so I, I really have been involved with Attitudes in Reverse the last few years. And I'm an advisory board member and I get to, um, now virtually go into classrooms, <laughs> but before uh, I, I had the honor a number of times of going into uh, schools um, to talk about mental health and suicide prevention and share my story with students, which is really uh, a passion of mine, um, because I do think that, you know, we have the choice when we've been through trauma or we've been through, um, you know, challenging times in our lives, what we're going to do with that, you know, whether we're going to dwell on it and let it define us or whether we're going to use it for something good. And I know for me that when I'm able to share my truth and my vulnerability with others, that I'm able to connect with other people and offer them some hope. And to me, that's just the greatest, greatest gift that I can give somebody. Um, I know when, when I went through very dark times, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of hope and I only saw the negative. Um, so to be a light for somebody else to say, you know, there is help out there and, and you don't, this, the way you feel right now isn't how you're going to feel forever, uh, is a big deal to a lot of people. Um, and to bring some education around that, what Trish does with Attitudes in Reverse is really incredible. She's just tires, tire, tirelessly gets out there um, to bring education around uh, mental health and to start a conversation around it. So, um, you know, she lost her son to suicide years ago, and, and that was her um, reason for starting her nonprofit. And uh, it's really incredible to see her speak about her son and her experience and just the, the level of knowledge that she has and brings to students. Um, and so it's, it's a really bright spot in my life when I get to participate and be a part of uh, her programming and to share with, with you know, the young people out there, because especially now, you know, I know for myself, and I was just sharing this this morning with somebody, you know, I, I have a lot of tools and a lot of people I can talk to when I'm feeling a little low or down. And 
I've struggled over the last nine months, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And, um, you know, so it, it's, it's more important than ever to really share a message of like, you're not alone. And, and if you are feeling down, um, please reach out to somebody. You're not bothering people. Um, you know, please, please share your truth. Um, I know in, in my life, I was terrified to share how I felt um, for a long time. I suffered um, because I thought people would judge me or they didn't have time or they would think I was crazy. Um, and I let all of that get in the way of, of me getting help. Um, and so I say to people all the time, when I've shared my truth, when I, when I say, you know, how I feel or what I've done or, or what I'm struggling with, more times than not, people say, oh, me too. Or I felt like that last week. Or I understand. Um, and you get the odd person who doesn't understand. But more times than not, you know, uh, people do understand and there's a connection. And I know that um, from my experience, you know, we are all more alike than not alike. And, oh, yeah. Um, it's very rare that you come across a situation where people go, I just have no idea at all what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, we all, no matter who we are, you know, there's times that we have times where we feel down or we feel lonely or we feel rejected or, you know, we're struggling with something. Um, and it's, it's when we find the courage to speak up and say, this is how I feel that we get our power back. And, and there is that connection that somebody might understand or um, hold your hand, going back to the hand holding, uh, yeah. hold your hand and say, it's okay, I'm here for you. You know, I don't maybe understand exactly what you're going through, but I'm here for you. Um, yeah. And, and that's something that I will and, say uh, that can be you used. Know, that's what we need to be focusing on right now is... Yeah. Yeah, we can all use that. Who who can't use that? We can. I was saying when when yeah. uh, Nate did this did the cameo, I was like, oh uh, my gosh, I didn't I didn't realize how much I needed to watch that. I said we all need a little Sully right uh -huh. now. We need somebody who's there that just believes in you. That's like I know that you're being the best that you can be today, and that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up like, you know, I, I mean, kids at school called me Daria because that's how I was. I, I was very depressed and always yeah. felt like such an outsider. And then it wasn't right. until I went to college and, you know, I wound up getting a master's degree in psychology because it was so fascinating to me to to really learn. And that's why I love organizations like this, because like you say, right. there, there are so many people that it's like, yes, we're trying to reach out and we're trying to comfort one another. But we also have to for, not forget the second step that is to rise above it. We, we yeah. can all like, you know, tell our truth, but we have to understand what that is and that it will pass. And that we yeah. can't revel in it. And, and that's why I like organizations like this. And, and especially now when we are, we are all struggling. I mean, yeah. it, it's amazing to me that we are still in this. And, and, and too, like, I mean, as much as I've wanted to go back home to Los Angeles, which, which I call home, being right. here with my mom is a privilege. And the fact right. that, that I'm able to be with my family over the holidays, like my brother's able to come and, and I can see my grandparents because we're here in right. Texas versus like LA. Right. It's like, it's, it's not about me. And while I am sad and, and that this is hard on everyone, some people have it harder than others. Some people are alone yeah. and, and they're just not in the yeah. best of circumstances. And, and it is about perspective and it is about thinking of that. Like, 
we're not alone and and we we have this group whether your group is general hospital fans or supernatural right. fans or or whatever it is you have a group we all have right. somewhere to go and talk about this and and um yeah you may feel lonely but again feelings are valid but they are just feelings and they will pass they do they absolutely do they tell us that they're there to stay yeah. right we, we we've all been there where it's like i'm always going to feel this way but when you think back you know we've all gone through ebbs and flows of life where we felt really great and then other times that have you know we've had some challenges and it always passes the good and the bad right it always passes it's like i was to say it's like the ocean or watching the clouds in the sky right they pass yeah and um you know, it's, it's just about getting through those challenging times and letting people know that you're struggling. You know, it's, it's, I was, yeah, it's human. Oh my gosh. I struggled for years and years and years. And if anyone asked me what was wrong, I'd say, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then I would go home and fall apart. And, you know, it, it wasn't until I couldn't take it anymore. I just could not keep it all down. I just, had to share something, you know, and I was terrified to share how I felt. But the moment I did that, it was this huge weight that lifted off of me. And um, I found just an abundance of help out there more than I even realized just because I was able to share what was really going on for me. And um, I think also, you know, I, I really told myself for many years that it, it only affected me. I'm only beating up myself. I'm only hurting myself. And that's not true because everyone in our life is affected yeah. by that. Um, they can tell that there's something wrong and they don't know what to do if you don't, if you don't acknowledge that it's even there, you know, and they may, even if you acknowledge it, they may not have all the right answers, but they can be there to support you. Um, and, uh, you know, it really, it really was when I let go of, I don't want to be labeled as having a problem, especially in regards to mental health. Um, you know, when I was able to let that go and just actually get the help that I needed is when I found that freedom of like, oh my gosh. And then you go, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, everyone has their journey. And I think, you know, when I started my blog, State of Slay, that was a big moment for me because I had never talked about my mental health in the press at all. You know, whenever I did interviews, it was just about the project and what a great time it was. And I'd tell some funny stories and I was out, you know, um, and it was a big deal for me to share my truth and in, in a, you know, open forum. Um, but I felt a calling to do so. And, um, you know, it, it kind of kept coming back to me. I'm like, should I do this? Should I do this? And it was just that those signs just kept coming one after the other. And so, um, you know, it was, it was a little nerve wracking to hit, you know, publish the first time. Um, but what came of that was just incredible and just so much support and so many uh, people coming forward to say, wow, I had no idea that you struggled with this. And I have, I, I know how you feel. And it was this great community that was built um, around that. And, and that's just, you know, we all have that ability, right? Just to share. And we don't think when we're, when we're struggling that our truth and our story may actually help somebody else, but it's always a two-way street, right? Yeah. Um, and even if you're calling somebody and saying, hey, do you have a minute to talk? Um, you're also helping that other person, 
right? Because that person may need to hear what you have to say, or they may need to hear what they're saying to you. That's happened to me many times yeah. mm-hmm. where I've gotten a call and someone's like, do you have a minute? Can you talk? I'm kind of going through something and I'm like, sure. And then I'm like, well, do you want a suggestion or do you want some advice? Or I'll say, you know, well, this was my experience. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not doing that currently. And I need to be doing that for myself. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes you have to hear your own words. I, and, exactly. and it's things like this that are so great because I know I, I did a podcast, Mrs. Brightside, that was all about changing your thinking and cognitive behavioral therapy. And Maurice Bernard is also doing a state of mind where he's, you know, kind of delving in as a bipolar sufferer himself. Like we're seeing a lot of this. And I feel like, especially now we all need it because anybody locked down, especially those who suffer from mental illness are really feeling it. And I'm seeing so much, but I'm also seeing again, coming into the good side of social media is how many people are there and are trying to help. Yes. Yes. And putting out that positive content and, and, um, you know, it, we, there's a lot that we can do, even if we can't gather or we can't travel the way that we would like to, I think there are some benefits to zoom and to, uh, all of the yeah, friend doing group therapy on zoom. Yeah. Like she's yeah. like, you know, it's really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And for that time, you don't feel like you're sitting by yourself in a room, you know, it feels your world opens up. Um, and it's, it's just great. I think that, um, like I said, I feel like so many times the negative voices are the loudest on social media. I'm like, we need to be louder. We yeah. need to get really loud and spread some positivity because we could all use it right now. We're rolling into the holiday season, which um, for a lot of people is challenging anyway. And now, yeah. you know, we're, we're finding, you know, an increase uh, in challenges in regards to, you know, us all dealing with COVID. So um, it's really important um, to share your feelings, to share how you're doing, you're doing, but also check in on people. You know, I say to people all the time, it's like, if you're having a bad day, call five people that you know, and ask how their day is. Yeah you know, and you'll forget that you're having a bad day. (laughs) You know, trust me, Um, listening to other people and thinking about other people will take you out of your own head, even if it's just simple. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It absolutely does. Um, You know, I do a lot of little things in my days to to help me with my mental health. And um, gratitude is something, I mean, this time of year, we just finished, you know, here in the U.S. Anyway, we finished uh, Thanksgiving and um, being grateful, having a grateful heart and maybe writing down every day what you're grateful for. is one way that changes my thinking from negative to positive of like, Oh, I have all of these things. I may not have everything that I would love to have right now, but I have, look at what I have. I need to celebrate these things. And I'm not Um, saying that this stuff is easy, but in a way it is, it's just actually doing it. It, It's not easy in the sense that everybody wants to do it. You'd think that you would writing down what you're thankful for or thinking about the positive. But again, I understand how easy it is to be like, well, yeah, but I'm not married. And yeah, but I'm not like, you know, I want to be in my career or all these things. Trust me, we all tell ourselves, but at the same time, 
just sitting there and thinking, wait, or like I say, think before you tweet, before you put out a negative, (laughs) think about, wait a minute, what was the positive thing I could say instead? Or the age old adage of, um, if you don't have anything nice to say, maybe don't say it at all. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's that thing of like, you know, you could put out a, you could put a, put tweet something out or or post something and you might get a million positive responses and one person will say something that seems negative. And that's the comment. That's what you think of. Yeah. It's like, you know, um, and that's just how we're wired. And I don't don't know why, but, um, you, it's, you got to really focus on the positive and stick to the positive people. You know, it's like, go to those people that are bright that have that, that, that energy that there's a reason why we're attracted to that. And, um, and focus on that and, and, and put out, you know, when we're, when we share our light, we get brighter, you know, it really is true. We all come together and, and shine so bright. And I don't think there has ever been a need for us to shine as bright as we need to shine right now. <laughs> um, you know, there's just been so much going on in the last nine months. Um, that it's, 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 that's something that I would really love for people to focus on so much more than some of the things that they are focusing on is like, how can I, what can I do to contribute today? How can I be of service? Um, and sometimes that can be as simple as just smiling at somebody. Well, it's hard to smile with the mask, but <laughs> yeah, I do always I try <laughs> at the spot in the car, maybe if you're by yourself, yeah. but, um, you know, or asking you know, somebody at the coffee shop or the supermarket or, or the pharmacy or wherever you may be, um, how their day is. Hi, how yeah. are you? You know, that's a really nice thing to do of acknowledging that other person, you know, especially people that are working in the service industry because they've, they've had a really long, r- bad, you know, run of uh, yeah. dealing with people who are nervous and anxious and not feeling well and, you know, um, and know, we're lucky we're easy. in the South. So people are a little bit nicer, um, back and forth. Uh, but uh, I do hope and pray for the people in places that maybe aren't so compulsively polite. <laughs> yeah. You know, just ask someone how they are. Say, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. It goes so far. Um, but there's just so many ways that, you know, I, I try to do that every day. How can I be of service today? Um, and truly be of service, not like insert yourself where you shouldn't be. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and, and I'm glad you pointed that out because <laughs> yes. bless, bless my generation's heart, the millennials. They don't understand. Uh, uh, their intentions, I think, are good in one sense, even though I feel like it's more for um, clout on social media sometimes. Right. But, but yeah, it's like be of service doesn't mean insert yourself in where right. you're not wanted. <laughs> Right. I just, I think like, um, I think being, you know, being Canadian too, it's like, we have yeah. this compulsive politeness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have it like built into our DNA of like leaving something better than how you found it. <laughs> yeah. So I try to think about that. Like, how can I leave this situation better than how I found it? Um, and you know, that's not to say I'm perfect because there's days that I'm a little grumpy or I, I'm not, you know, in that mindset, but you know, for the most part, I am. And, um, and it does help. It helps me too. You know, that's what I think people forget. It's like 
some people, uh, it's like they believe if they give something away that it, it's taken from them. It's like, no, it always no. gives back. It's such a, you know, a cyclical um, gesture. It gives back. The more you do it, the more it gives back. And, um, and, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head too. You don't have to tell everybody about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like sometimes it means more. I know it, it's the, the impulse to post it on social media, but sometimes it means more if you just do it for the right reason. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I know when I really um, turned my life around and, and I, and I got help, um, it was suggested to me when I was having bad days to do something nice for somebody. And I was told if they find out about it, it doesn't count. You have to do something else. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was something really nice about doing something anonymously for someone. Um, and just knowing that you've done it for the right reason. And that's it right? Not for the credit, not, you know, for the ego, not for any other reason, but you wanted to do it because you knew it would brighten that person's day and then not expect anything in return. Um, and that took some practice for me, but it really, it really felt good when I did it. And, and it was like this little secret that I had of like, oh, she doesn't know that I did that, <laughs> but it made her smile. <laughs> um, and it did feel very special and it got me out of my, my selfish thinking and um, it got me into a more positive light. So um, I do love that of doing something nice for someone anonymously and, and, and not letting them know. Yeah. Sometimes the greatest light can be your own. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And just that, you know, um, we all shine brighter together. So I think right now more than ever, we all need to, you know, come together and, and shine bright, you know, um, for those that may be sitting in the dark. Yeah. And I like that. Uh, as I say, I did a podcast all about positive psychology called Mrs. Brightside. So I feel like this is a perfect way to like kind of wrap this up here. And as we're wrapping up, is there anything you're currently doing? I know the state of like production is crazy, but, and you've talked about slate of, uh, slate of slate. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah. State of Slay has been my personal blog for um, the last three and a half years, and I actually had to put a little bit of a, a hold on it, although there's over 500 blogs on there for people to read, so it's still kind of cruising along, um, because during COVID, not having production, um, I'm not one to just sit around and yeah. watch Netflix. I was like, what can we do? Again, what can we do to give back? And so my husband and I started a new online marketplace called Vendru, E-N-D-R-O-O.com um, to support small business owners. And um, we're really so, hit hard by a lot of this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many people I know that are small business owners that have been struggling and a lot of them, um, you know, really supplemented their income doing conventions and conferences, yeah. and fairs and art shows, et cetera, which are all gone. So yeah, conventions um, were my primary source of income. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky I have a place to stay, but many people aren't. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So uh, we started Vendru and Vendru is, is, is a labor of love. Uh, it's uh, just the two of us right now working on it and it is a lot, <laughs> Yeah, but we, we built, we built uh, the website from scratch and we have, gosh, we're, 
well over 25,000 products on it currently. Um, and there's everything from uh, clothing to grocery items to electronics to home furnishing. Um, we have a lot of um, verified vendors. These are all people that we've verified um, in regards to that they're real people and they're yeah. making these items themselves. Um, and, you know, there's wonderful, wonderful products on there, especially for the holidays, um, handmade jewelry, um, art and, um, you know, home decor items and, and a whole range of things. So, um, vendru.com is where I have been <laughs> for, uh, for, for, you know, the, not the last, you know, six, seven months now. And it's very big to see it come together. And, um, I was just posting today that, you know, we're a small business that supports small business. So time you make a purchase, we're just as excited. You know, it means so much to us when people use the platform and, and get something wonderful. Um, but we're also a small business, you know, so everything makes a difference to us. Every sale means something when you purchase from a small business. And I know it's easy to rush off to these big websites and big stores to get all of these uh, things you're used to getting. But, um, you know, they've all gotten very, very wealthy from us over the course of the last nine months um, and who has not been getting wealthy or small business owners. So um, that's why we started Vendroom and that's where our heart is right now of, of really supporting the small business owners, especially through these times and, um, and offer some, a new shopping platform that, that means something. And, and um, it's, you know, again, creating a community. Yeah, and, and that's really at our core what we all are. We all are in this community. And I think we've realized more, like not just Texas or Georgia or California, wherever you are, and not just the United States. The, the whole world has been dealing with this. And, Absolutely. and we, we are more of a collective than we are not. And yeah, and how we stay connected is thankfully through the internet and, uh, you know, how we're doing this, even though we are in different places. And and I try to think of the bright side of social media. So where can they keep up the uh, conversation with you, Carrie, if they want to stay on the bright side of social media with you? Oh, my goodness. I'm all over the place. I'm on, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, I just it's just my name, so I'm easy to find. Yeah. There should only be one of me out there sometimes. There's I mean, that's my off. slogan, too. Right? It's like, you know, when you have a, a unique name, there is usually only one. You hope, but sometimes yeah. there's the odd imposter that pops up. Yeah. We have to get rid of them. The fake account, yeah. Right. We're like, I'm, that's, I love that you're a fan, but please don't pretend to be me. Like, <laughs> be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please be yourself. Um, so, I mean, I'm pretty easy to find, and I'm, I'm very interactive, and I'm on all the time. So, um, I'm easy to connect with. So, it's, uh, come on down. <laughs> and we need to keep up the conversation. Absolutely. The two of us. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. And since I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Thank you for listening to Believe in Soap Operas. If you're not subscribed to the show, be sure to hit that button so you get new episodes each week in the feed of your favorite podcasting app. Like us, rate us. Have something to say? Leave us a review. 
And the first, yes, that's right, Spotify, audio soap opera that went back to the roots of the genre during the quarantine, Forever and a Day, is back with another Christmas gift for you. Enjoy the Christmas special coming to a podcast app near you, even Spotify, on Friday, December 18th. And don't miss the cast and creators of Forever and a Day live in the locker room with Alan Locker at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. That's December 17th. Happy holidays and stay tuned for more Believe in Soap Operas. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.